0: something I really want to start sharing more about on this podcast as it relates to super freakishness is your home life. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you the value of running your home like a business, whether you live alone or with others, whether you consider yourself a domestic goddess or like me, just not. As a super freak, I think you'll find this really valuable. There are four steps to domestic adulting freedom. I'm going to take you through all of them in today's episode. Living a simple and luxurious life is truly my vision of success for all of us. No matter if you live alone, if you live with others, maybe you travel a lot and home is wherever you park it or the hotel you find yourself in for the night as a business traveler. Or maybe you're in a living situation, which is not the ideal for you. It's not the way you want it to be due to circumstances outside of your control. I believe that simplicity and luxury as defined by you are two of the top values of a super freak and we each deserve to feel safe and wonderful in the homes that we frequent. What do I mean by as defined by you? It's very important. People get turned off by the word luxury sometimes. They get visions of one certain aspect of luxury, but quite simply put, luxury to each of us is something unique and different. For me personally, luxury is a range. Some of the most luxurious moments of my life have been laying under the stars by a river with nothing but a few items of clothing and a canoe, a tin mug full of tea and a fire. It was the luxury of time, the luxury of people I love nearby. Also, (laughs) I'm still not one to pass up a five-star experience in a hotel overlooking a gorgeous vista, right? But both of these things feel luxurious to me for different reasons. The luxury of choice, the luxury of space, the luxury of time, the luxury of privacy, the luxury of convenience or beauty or some form of freedom. Luxury is divined by us. That's very important um, because I do believe that super freaks value luxury. You might call it something different though. Simplicity is easier to define, but it's more... Without complexity than necessary, I suppose that's how I define simplicity. Potentially with ease, but it doesn't have to be easy to be simple. I used to be an interior architect. I have a degree from the University of New South Wales in interior architecture. I grew up the daughter of a builder and I have to say I'm extremely grateful for my upbringing in that my mother was an incredible designer alongside my dad being a builder. So space was important to us I was born into that. Our homes were always full of love and spaces to have moments and considered design. My mom told me the story of her mother just yesterday as I was talking to her about this episode and she recalled coming home from school. She's one of seven kids and in winter, sitting around the heater, drinking hot chocolate and my nan, bless her, thumbing through magazines, picking out and dreaming about all the things she wanted to do in her bedroom or in the lounge room or whatever the next project was. So I guess that kind of space shifting is in my blood. My mom today has such an eye for beauty and putting things together really effortlessly. So our home and our garden have always just had this simple, luxurious feel about it. Same with all my aunties who are her sisters. I'm grateful to have inherited that from my mother, from my grandmother, from wherever else it came. And it's such a important part of the way that we all connect. In the last two years, our homes have become even more central to our daily lives, working from home, schooling from home doing both at the same time sometimes some of us deciding never to go back so this is a passion for me you know treating our home this way both with my history my my lineage my past vocation also the current times but also in knowing that in every single one of my coaching groups the topic of making our spaces more beautiful comfortable flowing within our lifestyle and an expression of our personalities comes up so You can expect more content like this from me. I certainly value it so much myself. I feel like it's a part of who I am and what I talk about. I just want to bring it to the podcast a little more because it's fascinating to hear the feedback that I get when I do bring this to my coaching circles. Something you may not know about me is that homemaking is totally my jam. I am not a domestic goddess at all, but sharing ways to make life, work, family and chores and even enjoying moments in the home flow to make our spaces come alive in the way that you best like to use them. It's super healthy. It's a part of a giant wheel that makes money, business leadership, relationships, relaxation, rest, health, as you'll see today, just all in all better. Rather than using our home as a dumping ground or as a place where we kind of just switch off and don't think about things or it's a transit kind of an area, it can be a place where you treat as a sanctuary. No matter if it's yours, you're renting, it's small, it's big, it's ugly, it's nice, it's what you want, it's not what you want, doesn't matter. You can still use it that way. You don't have to have a lot of money to do this. You don't even have to have any money to do what I'm about to say. Now, the first thing I want to talk about in regards to this today, though, is not like designing it, not a garden, not really anything specific, 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 but actually everything all in one hit, how you cast your eye over it. This is something I wish I knew. Um, both from a young age before I shared housing with anyone, what I wish I knew when I did start sharing with others, what I want people in relationships to know, folks who are preparing for a new stage or have just entered a new stage of life and something that you can also apply as a solo home dweller in a different way, as I'll share later in this episode. It's adulting the lazy Haley way, and that is treating your home just like a business. What on earth does that mean? Okay. I first started contemplating this concept more seriously very early on, probably from reading the book Down to Earth by Rhonda Hetzel, which I bought in my late teens and still love to this day. But the threat of treating your home like a business has become more and more prominent to me in recent years as I've owned my own business and so seen the benefits of that. I work with a lot of people who also tend to carry the mental load of the house Is that you too? If so, you're going to love this. People who take on extra responsibilities and burdens. So just so things get done quicker, but also are thinking way ahead so as to prevent problems occurring in the future too, and hence extra mental load in that way too. With that comes the tendency to just do a bit more and do it now because it's just easier. It's just faster, right? Well, no. Think about a business for a moment. In a business, there are a set number of tasks that need to happen in order for the business to function properly. Every one of those tasks has someone assigned to them, due dates, when they happen, when it's time to work, the work gets done. If someone else does someone else's job, things get a bit messed up and If someone is overworking, things get messed up. If someone is underworking, things get messed up. There's a flow to how things are organized and how it works. Everyone makes agreements before they start as well. This makes me think of... Ye olden days, right? When castles were businesses. I imagine those big estates and houses and castles ran like this too. There were set people for set jobs and things ran like clockwork and sweeping the floors from that to the gardens being maintained to time for tea in the afternoon and setting the slippers for bedtime. How posh. I imagine this to be just still the very same in some very privileged households, but for the rest of us. That's just not the case. But somewhere between ye olden days and today, women, we have also gained more freedom in the world, yet our responsibilities and expectations in the home have remained much the same. We have jobs, our names are on title deeds, we can vote, but we also still carry the majority of the mental load at home with kids, with cleaning, with cooking, with, I don't know, organization, even if we do work full time. And even if we bring in the majority of the income. Last year, my hubby and I divvied up in a spreadsheet, every single task that happens around our home, right down to who decorates what in the holidays and who orders the dog's tick treatment online when it runs out. And we assigned a person, whether that was us or someone else, or like nobody, because we're not doing it anymore, or we've automated it. And we assigned who's going to do what from now on and came to some agreements. It was liberating, energizing, game changing. Both of us saw in what areas each of us was carrying more pressure or more mental load than need be. And we were able to talk it out and work it out much like a business. Even though there's only two of us, we were able to assign tasks and agree on how often they should be done and when, and what we don't want to be doing, neither of us want to be doing. So the other one doesn't get resentful or frustrated if you don't want to do it, but the other person doesn't do it. So you've got to do it because it won't get done otherwise. You know, there's no subtle hoping or hinting or resentfully doing it. Now I mentioned before that if you're a solo home dweller, this still applies and here's how. If you know every single task that needs to be done and when you can plan it out, you can map it out, you can automate it, you can assign it to someone who's not in your household if you have the means to do it, or you can straight up delete it. I'll share what you can do. To mission, before we go any further in today's episode, I'm giving you a heads up that my online NLP certification and coaching immersive Be Your Own Coach 2023 is open right now. And our early bird bonuses are ending tomorrow, including thousands of dollars worth of coaching with me for free on top of this incredible six month experience. This is a six month coaching and transformation immersion with me as your coach and your teacher open to anyone who is ready to learn the best kept secret of high performance and healing. It's a coaching certification, which means you'll be coached, but you'll also walk out at the end with the skills not only to use on yourself, but if you want to other people as well, maybe that's clients, family members, friends, colleagues, kids. You can simply also just treat it as your next epic personal development, skill building experience. It will change your life as it has mine. Go to hayleycartv forward slash NLP training. I'll pop the link in the show notes to join me. The early bird bonuses end on December the 1st. So make sure you jump over there now if you want to take advantage of those. All right, let's get back to the episode. First, you can map things out on a bit of a calendar for yourself. So everything's spread out over the year or the seasons or the days, and it doesn't feel unbearable, but you yourself can manage whatever you want to manage. Two, if you've got the means, you can invest in hiring people to help you out on a regular basis. Maybe that's cleaning or the laundry. Maybe that's some cooking, gardening, or once a year, someone coming to wash the windows. Or number three, and this is my favorite scratch that mother off the list altogether. It's you. You don't have to do everything, right? You can either delete it altogether or potentially find a way to automate it too. Automating it being maybe you set up a direct debit automatically so you don't have to bother with paying every single bill one by one. Maybe you automate your groceries to be delivered to your door or you have a bot vacuum or a bot lawnmower, right? Okay, I know you can do this whether you live alone or not, but it's especially important if you do to just think about what's worth your time and energy, what's not, and what's worth getting done but investing in someone or something doing it as well. Treating your home like a business will mean your home is treated with love, with respect, with conditioning, with intention, just like a business. It's functional, purposeful, and it gets utilized to its fullest potential. And it's able to be used as more than just a bomb, hit it, transactional, transient place and more of a resting ground, a sanctuary. In a business, if we neglect important tasks, eventually they need to be done anyway, but it's costly. It wastes time if it's not planned for. And now something extra becomes one of your team members or your staff, their problem. They need to do it and take care of it on top of their regular work. Think about like taxes, A bit of intention, a bit of time, maybe each week or each month to stay a little bit organized, a little bit of systemization means tax time at the end of the year is a total breeze. But you leave it until the last minute and it's someone else's dreaded job to sift through piles of paperwork and receipts that have faded, putting everything in order, trying to remember what on earth that shop was and why you spent money there. It's a nightmare, but a tiny bit of organization on the regular I don't know, like it might sound like you're being a bit of a domestic goddess, but in my land, it's like I'm being a little bit not lazy, so I can be super lazy in general, you know what I mean? Unexpected things come up all the time. But being intentional about running a home means you're not swamped at certain times of the year. Maybe that's the holidays or when you suddenly have guests over and you can genuinely enjoy that mundane beauty of day-to-day living in a space that works for you, works for your family, works for your situation, your energy, your life stage, your values, right? It means your precious bandwidth is not like wasted on, oh my gosh, it's so dusty in here. I have to clean. I have to do something, but I don't have time. Because there's just little rituals that you do to stay on top of it without having to think about it. All right. So how do you do this? The first step is to know what tasks there are. Make a list. So every household is different, but there are a lot of tasks you're not, you're doing that you're not even thinking about. So I suggest making a spreadsheet you can adjust and play with. Maybe that's on a Google spreadsheet or something. It won't be perfect, um, but open up a spreadsheet and make a list of the different tasks that you do. Here are some prompts to get you started, and I'll pop them in the show notes as well. Kitchen, maybe that's meals, maybe that's shopping, maybe that's doing the dishes during the day, maybe that's doing the dishes at night. Maybe that's food prep, maybe that's planning meals, holidays, um, decorating Putting things down again. Maybe it's buying gifts, wrapping gifts, sending cards. That makes me think of like kids' birthday parties. Who does the kids' birthday party stuff and present buying and things like that? Evenings. Who does the, maybe if you have children, the nighttime routine? If it is evenings, it might be washing up. I don't know. Another one is garden. If you have a garden, maybe there's weeding to be done. Maybe there's lawn mowing to be done. Maybe there's edging to be done. Maybe there's seasonal planting of um, herbs and veggies. There's cleaning, there's deep cleaning, there's spring cleaning, and there's just general tidying. Then there's washing. There might be folding the washing, hanging the washing, bringing the washing off the line, um, putting away the washing. There might be money, tax, and budget. So who makes the money? Who manages the money? Who pays the bills? Who does the tax? Who looks after your budget? If you have one, there might be keeping up with stock like toilet rolls or soap. It might be gifts. It might be parties, home maintenance, school admin, so kids' newsletters and whatnot, pets, food, shopping for pets, making sure that they have their regular vaccinations, making sure that your pets have their tick treatment, worming treatment, um, whatever, (laughs) plants, watering the plants, indoor plants, outdoor plants, and then also children as well. Uh, Maybe that's school tasks to who does what in the morning and the afternoon, driving them to activities, organizing school uniforms, haircuts toys being cleaned up, bedrooms, school prep for the year, homework. I'll add this list to the notes on my blog for you to use as a prompt, but I'd say give yourself literally just 15 minutes to write down as many tasks as you can think of. And you can always add to it later. Now, step two is you then write out the frequency and or day of the week that the task needs to be done. So Martha Stewart, (laughs) bless her. In one of her books, this is really showing my homemaking vintage, isn't it? The book's called Martha Stewart's Organizing, the manual for bringing order to your life, home and routines. I'll tag the book. What I love about books is I feel like I pick up on adulting tips that I just missed somewhere along the way, right? And I add them to my little skill box and I leave what feels ridiculous or way too much effort. But in that book, she has a yearly calendar by month set out with the things to do around the home month by month. This is like adulting bliss to me. Now you may not consider yourself a fan of Miss Stewart yourself, but this is a bonza tip. So think about, you know, if we need to do washing up, how often do we do that? Who puts the dishes in the dishwasher? Maybe it's you because you live alone. Maybe there's someone else in your family who can actually do it as a job. How frequently does it need to happen? If you have a lawn, how often does the lawn need to be mowed so it doesn't get over the top and, you know, the grass turns gross because it's really, really long? So right at the frequency and the day of the week that you want it to be done, or maybe it's monthly or maybe it's seasonally. So for example, we have some really lovely outdoor furniture. I have this amazing um, sun lounger and it's got this creamy sort of paint on it. And each season I need to go out and actually wash it down so that it doesn't collect um, just gross coloring or anything like that, especially when it's super rainy where I live, it can get a bit grimy. So once a season, takes me like 15 minutes, I just go out and I've got a reminder to do that. Same with, you know, gurneying our front deck. It gets covered in spider webs. It gets a buildup of spider poop because <laughs> I live in Australia and we have spiders. And once a season or every six months or so, we just take everything off there and gurney it. But we know when we're doing it. So it's really easy to plan and just do. So that's step two, write out the frequency or the day of the week, it needs to be done. And then also who's going to do it. So assign the task to maybe it's yourself. Maybe it is your partner. If you have a partner, maybe it's kids, you have kids, but if you're alone and you are a solo dweller in your home, please don't be disheartened. I know this can bring up a little bit of stuff. The way that you're living is not ideal for you. It's not what you want, but I really hope this can serve you as well in the sense of what do you actually want to be doing? If you, if you hate doing a particular thing, you can either scratch it off your list or you can hand it to someone else hire someone to do it it's so worth the money now that might be a cleaner it might be a helper someone who you either pay for that help or they just want to generously help you or my favorite way to do this is just not do it or like automate it like I mentioned before so think about the ways that you can maybe invest in some automation whether that's time or a little bit of money like a like a robot vacuum cleaner or something and take things off your plate Now, step three is then get your calendar out and calendar these tasks. So set either calendar tasks, maybe they're repeating tasks if it's a digital calendar and book them in so you don't need to be reminded by anyone. The way I like to do this, I like to keep as many things out of my calendar as possible. To be honest, I only have actual things in there where I have to meet another person Um, and I have a task software that I like to put things in. So you might have heard of Asana, It just repeats every day automatically or every month or whatever, whatever date I say. Once it's in, because I'm lazy, I never have to re-enter it. It just automatically repopulates and pops up on the day that I need it. Yum. So you might've heard of Asana. I like to use one called Todoist because it's pretty, but if you're a pen and paper kind of super freak, you're going to love having this done anyway. You can just draw out a monthly calendar and write out, okay, what are the things I want to do in November? What are the things I want to do in December, etc. This is a marriage saver, by the way. It's a sanity saver. It's a time saver. It's a huge joy bringer. You will feel very smug about being organized and you'll have much more time to be lazy and lay in the sun reading books. Having the things that need to be done as well flowing as possible means my precious brain space and bandwidth goes to way more important things like thinking of other people or coming up with pranks that I can play on people that I love or creativity or new business ideas, time to spend in leisure and more time for pleasure. Now there's one more step. So the first one is write down the tasks. Number two is write down the frequency and assign them. So agree on who's going to do them. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone else in your household, or maybe it is someone not in your household that you're going to pay, or maybe you're going to automate it. Step three, put them in the calendar or write out a big calendar that you can reference. Number four is review. Now in a business, things just don't happen in flow and consistently without regular checking in on what's working and what's not. Again, without that regular check-in, things can get so far off kilter that it's no longer a case of just tweaking, but things actually breaking. So the more often you review, the less likely things are to go off track. So step four is to book in a regular meeting with yourself or together with your family, or maybe your partner, we do it weekly where you can talk about what's working, what's not, what's coming up, logistics, all that boring household management stuff, things you need to plan for, changes to your budget, etc. for example, in the last couple of months we've had multiple hikes in our mortgage payments due to the rising interest rates. These are the kinds of things we talk about in our meeting. So elsewhere, we talk about like other stuff that's not so boring. It's contained to a meeting. We're not talking logistics while we're like eating dinner. We're eating dinner. So what I want you to know is the first time you do this task, writing out your jobs, assigning all the things, it might take you an hour total, but then you rarely, if ever have to do it all over again. It's a matter of tweaking, checking in, making new agreements. If you have kids who can brush their own teeth, you can assign them other little tasks too. So you can get the whole family involved. I read an article on this in Forbes once, and the author even suggested giving older kids manager roles of the younger kids and organizing like pocket money to be assigned to the tasks getting done. I mean, I'm thinking about back to being the oldest kid and the chore empire I could have created with my brother and sister. So I really don't know how well that actually works in reality. And I don't have kids of my own, but you know, you're smart. You can do this. You can work out what's going to work for you and your situation. So what I want you to do as soon as you can, either today or right now, if you're listening to this podcast somewhere, open up your favorite spreadsheet software, start writing down the tasks, use the prompts I gave you. They're on the blog post and just set a timer for 15 minutes, write down the tasks, and then you can add some more columns that say frequency and who's going to do it or day of the week and then who's going to do it. And then book in some time in your calendar to have maybe a weekly review of what's working, what's not, what's coming up, you know, like who's got to pick up what and what things you've got to do this week and all that boring admin stuff that you don't really want to talk about when you're just trying to hang out at home. So I hope this has been insightful, helpful, and encouraging today. We all deserve to have harmony in our homes. And like I said before, it's a huge contributor to creativity, leadership, resilience, rest, and being a super freak. So while it is an overarching view of how you can start to think about your home, you'll start to see that you have more time. You have less bandwidth taken up by trying to remember tasks and things that you need to tell someone else about or organize because you just set them as a reminder to talk about or deal with inside of your meeting. You'll have more energy for fun and pleasure and laying on your back reading books. You can thank me later. So go on, get started book out some time in your calendar to do it. I'll see you in the next episode. See you soon. Bye.